Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. I'm Emily. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that brings you the stories behind your favorite beer. And we are finally reunited once again. At last. Oh my gosh. Brew Roots has come along. It's true. It's true. Uh, Emily, you were sick with uh, the sickness. Something nasty. Yeah, I was sick for like a full week. Yeah, I thought you were dead or worse, expelled. (laughs) Yeah, I really, like, didn't leave my house. My doctor told me I couldn't go anywhere, so I did a lot of, like, laying in bed, being miserable, but I'm finally healthy and ready to record. And back on mead. Back on mead? Meat. Meat, yes. I was vegetarian for a couple of months, but after I got sick, I was like, I need to get my strength back. I need some meat. Yeah, so I ate a steak last night, and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And she's back on the on the bottle. It felt like kind of a waste because I'm like really good at cooking, especially meat. Yeah. Like I can make a steak that would just change your life. So that's what I did last night. Well, welcome back to meat and welcome back to Brew Roots. I know that all our fans last week were like, where's Emily? WTF. Yeah. We like you, Matt, but we love Emily. Oh, that's sweet. That's Thanks not for what the they well wishes. They, nobody said that. I know. They were all like, oh. Man, they're like great episode yeah (laughs) it was a great episode matt did a solo interview with ipswich ale so if you haven't heard that yet take a listen i was supposed to be there but i couldn't because i was laying in my bed wondering if i would live to see the next day Mm -hmm. we have kind of a crazy day today um so we're gonna hype up a couple events that we're doing so we are going to be interviewing essex county brewery today uh at some point and I'm really excited. We've been like teasing that for a couple weeks. Yeah, and I was on their Instagram today and I saw their new setup, like they're they're getting close. It's to opening. it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. I'm so excited and they fooled me twice with their rendering and drawings and today when I messaged today them. Today it was real. I was right? like, "Hey, uh, is that a rendering or the thing?" But this is the real thing. Okay. It's the real thing. Um and then tonight, later tonight, we're actually going to be live on uh, 91.5 WUML and we're going to be getting interviewed. There's going to be, like, roles reversed. That's cool. And I like that. I don't think I've ever been interviewed. Like, truthfully. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I worked in radio for years. Well, I've been in job interviews. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, like, somebody's curious about us, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But you know what? Today, we're going to be kind of interviewing ourselves because the topic of this mm-hmm. week is listener-submitted questions. Yeah. So I poured through our DMs and our emails, and I put together some of your biggest questions that you guys have, not only about the podcast and me and Matt, but just questions about beer, technical stuff. So we're going to go through those, and hopefully you guys will learn more about us. And huge shout out to Emily. Thank you so much. Uh, I've had like a crazy week at work, so she really kind of put this whole episode together. Yeah, it's amazing because me and Matt have pretty busy lives, not to like we're so important but like we do have really busy lives and yet we both i feel like put in equal amounts of effort to getting this thing done and it's great to have you by my side oh it's great to have you by my side too so uh let's just get into the episode but again if you want to hear us live tonight that's friday we are going to be on wuml 91.5 www.wml.org and that's actually for the city and town music festival that's happening in lowell massachusetts Mm -hmm. there's gonna be like a ton of cool bands and the guy who's organizing it organizes like really really freaking cool festivals out in in seattle nice so i'm really excited because i will see a lot of people that i haven't seen in a while and probably catch some good bands and drink some really good beer yeah i'm excited cool finally healthy enough to do this so i'm pumped so matt what are we drinking today we're drinking a couple cool things um the one that we're drinking right now, we just had a sip of, and we're conveniently drinking it out of styrofoam cups. Yep, from? Dunkin' Donuts. So, Harpoon, in collaboration with Dunkin' Donuts. If any of you are in the Boston area, you might have actually seen these billboards, mm-hmm. where it's like Dunkin' iced coffee in the morning, like Dunkin' Porter in the, the in the night or something. Uh, so, they teamed up together, and they made a coffee porter, and I actually haven't sipped this yet. Mm. Um, enjoy it, because I've had, not two or three right now, I've had like two or three so far like in your life in my life yeah so just on the smell this smells exactly like that coffee roll that you can get at duncan so i think this is really cool and i'm gonna give it a sip now i've been sipping like the whole time Ooh, that's really interesting you know it's not as like sweet and Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have that strong sweetness that i was kind of expecting when you see like it's gonna be duncan you just assume like it's gonna be a little on the rich side or something but i was so nervous about this and i'll tell you why right like i 
was like, Harpoon, you are selling out. Like, I was like, I get it, right? Like, Harpoon is awesome. They have a lot of, like, breweries and all that stuff there in Fenway Park, blah, 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 blah. You went to the dark side with Duncan's. Like, I don't even drink Duncan's really, it's, right? It's two Massachusetts companies. Like, right. And cool. you can't hate on it for that. They They knocked it out of the park i totally agree this is kind of like lighter on the mouth feel it's not super like soft mm-hmm. and it's a little bit bitter forward but the finish you really get like a nice coffee finish and i'm probably like someone who leans more on the starbucks side because i'm a little bit of mm. a coffee snob but this is like nice and they used duncan coffee for this so I'm as impressed. someone who hates coffee mm-hmm. like i do not drink coffee um i love this yeah I love court. I like coffee porters. I, I like the flavor. I feel like this would coffee. be good right out of the bottle too. But we are drinking it out of Dunkin' Donuts styrofoam cups. Mm. Classic. Yep. And that will be for our, our latest taste test video that we're gonna do. We missed it this week, but oh well. And the other beer that we're gonna try today, we pulled you guys on Instagram about this. Um, this is a brew. How do I even explain this? It's a brute IPA. So it's called the Champagne Poppy Vin Blanc. So it's like a white wine beer, and it's by Banded Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be a drier IPA, right? Uh, it's supposed to give you like that dry feeling. So when you drink like a brute champagne. And they did this in collaboration with Novari Res. And I guess basically it's made with Pinot Gris juice. So it has like a, a mm, grape oh, juice Pinot in it. So I'm going to just give this a crack. Matt and I are going to sample it out of our special sample mugs. It's got a nice frothy head on it, some Mm. big bubbles. It's just this like slightly translucent yellow color. So I am definitely a fan of this. It just tastes like kind of a mix between a Pilsner and an IPA. And it's got like a nice balance of yeastiness to bitterness. So what do you think? It's all right. I am. Uh, I don't know. I, it's the more and more it gets to fall, and these super fruity IPAs, my taste for them has been. I don't know, like not knocked down, or it's like I'm not interested. In, but I far prefer the coffee porter. Yeah. To this. Yeah, they're they're completely different flavor profiles, and maybe also your taste is being affected by the fact that you were just drinking the porter. So. Fair enough. You know, take it with a grain of salt. But I'm definitely a fan. This is good. I would definitely get this in a glass and enjoy the whole thing. So, Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's a new style of IPA. Yeah. And I I do feel like maybe my expectations were that it was going to be like, it was literally going to taste like champagne. So Mm. to have it be this like nice kind of Pilsner-y flavor, I liked that. Yeah. That was good. All right. So beer history this week. Would you like to do it? I would. Cool. All right, Emily, so this week in beer history, on this day, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading it. It's so, so strange. So on this day, on October 19th, 1905, Adolphus Bush proclaimed, it is in my aim to win the American people over to our side, to make them all lovers of beer, and to make them look upon beer in the right light. And oh, Mr. Adolphus Bush. I don't know like if as people in Bush Light Bush. Y- yes. Oh man. Yes. I don't know if people look at your beer in the right light. Well, I mean, I'm sure that he would be happy to know that Americans do love beer and that the overwhelming the overwhelming majority of drinkers in this country are drinking beer. However, I really doubt they're drinking Bush Light. Maybe they are. Maybe. And good on you, Adolphus. Adolphus. All right. So let's just get into the episode. Because mm-hmm. so this whole episode's fun facts, I guess, about us. Pretty much. I mean, it's going to be a little bit about us and our podcast and a little bit about beer and some technical questions about beer. So where I want to start is the absolute most commonly asked question that we get. Where is Brew Roots based out of? Massachusetts. Uh, Specifically, I would say the North Shore kid. Yeah, North Shore kid. Um, From the North Shore. I mean, like, I don't mind. Like, we're in Newburyport. If we were to tell you the town that we lived in, like... You'd be like, where is that? Because yeah, literally people matter. in Massachusetts ask you. So, I mean, if you know, like, Newburyport, that's where we that's from. general location. Yeah. But Brew headquarters really is, it, we're, we're Brew worldwide. Yeah. yeah. But we are from the North Shore, Massachusetts. Yeah. And so another very commonly asked question that we get is, how can I get a t-shirt or stickers? Matt? Uh, at this point, DM us. We are in talks with other people to maybe do some collaboration. On t-shirts, but at the time, 
it's expensive yeah like we have to purchase the shirts first and then i have to find somebody to print the shirts and then i have to ship it to you so like when we say oh it's 25 dollars for a shirt it's like we are truthfully making like two dollars yeah a shirt. <laughs> i um, mean but we'll send you stickers anytime mm. we're happy to just yeah, send those in an envelope i'll and send you stickers um and i have I plenty will, of stamps yeah and if we do a beer trade i will always send stickers in a yep. beer trade. so beer trade with us or just dm us and we'll send you stickers mm-hmm. And okay, so this question: What are your favorite beers of the moment, Matt? Style or beer to drink? Well, both. People are asking, like, what's your specific favorite beer of the moment, or what is your favorite mm. style? Like, <laughs> right in the moment, I am super into porters. Mm-hmm. Um, I. It's the time of the season. So, what's your favorite porter right now? Um. Porter Stout, uh, it's 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 hard. Uh, I feel like it changes so often. Like if I go to a bar or a restaurant, and I try a Porter or Stout, um, it varies. But anything that Southern Tier makes, mm-hmm. truthfully, uh, anything anything that Southern Tier makes, uh, Porter wise, I'm typically into. Cool. Yeah. Well, I am gonna look up this one beer that I found recently. And it's called The Lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm trying to remember who makes it. Let me just check. It's by the main beer company. Oh, cool. So that's my favorite of the moment. Um, it's delicious. I don't know why it's called The Lunch, but I did enjoy it with lunch and mm. some fish tacos. So it's more of like an IPA on the lighter side, and it's just delicious. Yeah. And I, I would say any of our local friends – I enjoy a lot. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, I'm sorry. I I am the the beer I'm drinking most right now is by Jack's Abbey, and it's probably uh, what uh, whatever their pills is, uh, table pills or whatever the hell it's mm-hmm. called. Um, I I love it. It's awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I think my favorite style in general is it's probably a tie between New England IPAs and Pilsners Great. for me. Yeah. So. This is a big question that we got that I thought was cool. So people want to know what is the process for getting interviews? Like how do we end up booking these interviews? Mm. So at first it starts by it, – it's it's so crazy how you, you sometimes fall into it. But our most often way is we shoot an email yeah. to their info. It's typically – it's info at blah, 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 brewing.com. Right. We just go on their website, we, we find the contact page. Yeah, we cross our fingers that, you know, typically one of the five people that are working at a brewery doing a million different things. Right, yeah, You exactly. have to understand that most breweries that are on the local level is a head brewer, assistant brewer, taproom tap manager, manager yeah. and like a couple of their friends like volunteering for beer. That's right. a big plus, And, like, plus maybe, actually. like, a social media, right? Like, Well, that's a plus for us because we have very few gatekeepers to get past when we want to schedule right. an interview. Like, we know we're going to reach whoever the decision the maker is. But what, what happens is a lot of the times um, it's either deciding between, hey, am I going to go home after waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning at 5 o'clock at night to spend some time with my family? Or am I going to do some time to, like, do this podcast? Mm-hmm. It's never been, we don't want to do your podcast. Yeah. It is more like, hey, we are doing X, Y, and Z plus LMNOP. Like, like reach out to us in right? two like, weeks. Like, reach out to us in two weeks. You reach out in two weeks. And then it's like, we would love to do this. Let's make a time that happens. Yeah. And we're usually, um, we just try to be really flexible with their schedules and we will travel to them right. always. So we will conduct the interviews typically at the breweries themselves or in you know, like at True North, we were in kind of like the lounge, the employee lounge. So I think we, we like to just make it easy for them. Yeah. And it, it it it's all about setting the right expectation, right? We have a couple really good interviews, in my opinion, so they don't feel like they're wasting their time. Like yeah. we don't ask questions that are like, why do people like IPAs? Right? Like we ask like questions about them and people like to... People like to talk about themselves. Um, other ways we get in touch with people, like I've done like the FaceTime thing. Like I've gone to breweries and like 
hey, here's my business card. We'd love to be in touch. Yeah. Or uh, we go to like events and uh, we just events. introduce ourselves. Um, and every once in a while, we'll get someone reaching out to us correct. being like, hey, like I've heard of you guys, but, you know, we'd be happy to be on your podcast sometime. I've had good luck uh, dropping in people's DMs. I don't know how breweries feel about it. I've never <laughs> I've never had a brewery be like, hey, don't drop Can into the stop? DM. Right. Because yeah. um, typically they're posting. They're more active on that or email. So if you guys, I mean, we've actually like had other beer podcasts reach out to us and ask us these kinds of questions. If you're trying to get interviews and get some time with people, like number one, you know, make sure that you message them on a platform that you feel like is going to reach your key person Mm. and make sure that you set expectations of like, you know, we'll travel to you and we're going to ask these kinds of questions. And this is what our podcast is about. Just like make it easy for them to just give you an hour of their time because an hour of their time is pretty valuable. Yes. And uh, I mean, we did some pretty pithy things like (laughs) I you're like, love ya. (laughs) No, no, no. Like down the road brewery, like listen to that episode. Um, Like you'll hear at the beginning, like we're like Donovan, this has been our conquest. Yeah. Like we are, we have been trying to get you on for months um and now down down the road is like a little bit different of a situation there's a lot of people working there mm-hmm. um but like we did like pithy things like i triple dog dare you down the road to come on our podcast like <laughs> on twitter right because it's like funny like you can't yeah decline. don't make it like salesy yeah you and can't decline dry. a triple dog dare either right because like, they're also i mean if you reach out to somebody looking to get some of their time and it sounds like you copy pasted this from mm-hmm. like a template that you wrote up nobody is going to give you the time of day you really yes. need to make it personal and reach out to them and be like hey we appreciate your beer we've been drinking it for years we're dying to know your story like mm-hmm. you know put some specifics in there like when yeah. when you reached out to Jack's Abbey, it was like this is a personal conquest for me. Like I have or, been yeah, drinking your road, product yeah. for so long. Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely gets to the heart of how we get these interviews scheduled and like why we build such good relationships. Yeah, with and people. I think I think uh, this really attributes to the craft beer industry yeah. as a whole. Like everyone is so nice, and there are so many people who are interconnected. So like Seth, for example, from um, True North new people that we interviewed at avery like you know yeah. it was like it's like this nice matrix of yeah. like and that's in colorado people. like he knew somebody directly in colorado he's like oh you, you that person knows their shit that's awesome yeah all right matt m- next question um what is our take on people who line up outside of a brewery for a beer release what's what's your ideas on that all right so like this is going <laughs> to sound super conceited um but i have not in recent in the last year and a half because of the podcast stood in line for beer i can uh, typically we usually have like the we can typically like dm and say hey we'd like to do like a, a little sneak preview of something like that i don't have a problem with people waiting in line i think it builds a cool sense of community meet some really cool people and when i was doing it um it's a lot of fun it, it really is and it's exciting um to get something and if you enjoy it it's and if awesome you have the time to do it and if you have the time to do I it i mean in my opinion i feel like it's i don't really i understand the scarcity factor and the feeling of like okay i need to get this because they're gonna run out mm-hmm. but me personally i don't think i've ever stood in line for anything like i remember when the seventh harry potter came out and i had a friend who was gonna go and like wait in the line at borders when borders used to exist oh yeah so that's like the one time i could say that i really felt like it was important to get something like right when it was released but then again like i didn't even physically go there myself so i don't really understand why people like wait outside movie theaters and concerts like you know <laughs> yeah. a day in advance but like i think you had a kind of like some positive ideas about it like oh you get to meet people and talk yeah. to them and stuff but me personally like hell no i'm not doing that even if i didn't do this podcast and if i didn't have like the, the connections yeah. i probably still wouldn't do it i don't have a people i don't have a problem with people doing it i yeah i have a problem and like I wor- I'm wording this like as carefully as possible. I have a problem <laughs> when it is during a period of time. There are breweries that have a tendency to release beers on like Wednesdays at like 11 a.m. And it's like it's like dude, the overwhelming majority of people like are working at that period of time, and then it's like impossible to get unless you do like crazy beer trades, and then like I don't know. Yeah, so it's like I guess we're not mad at people that do it, but personally, like we wouldn't. I I can't I, imagine you and I ever having the time yeah. or capacity to N- do that. Not to call back to like our previous episode with Ipswich, but like they said it, they said it so eloquently, and I'm gonna misquote this because I've 
I'm just going to forget what they said exactly. Yeah. But, like, they make a damn good core set of beers. Mm-hmm. And then when they do these special releases, they make enough to make sure that it can be distributed properly. There's not going to be any lines. And they're happy with the beer that they're releasing. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like some of these exclusive releases or these one offers are to do something really freaking like cool and different. And I'm all about like, let's be experimental. Let's make like the coolest. Let's change. Let's do something a little bit different. But like yeah. I've been burnt a couple of times where like I've stood in line uh. and the can sucks. Yeah, because like, while you're standing in the line, too, your expectations are probably just getting higher and higher. Oh, yeah. you're like, damn, I've well, been here for a while, and there's so many other people here. Right. This must be like the most amazing beer ever. And then and it is funny. like The people who stand in line, they're like, oh, I heard this is going to be the best thing I've ever had. It's like, and then you try it, and everyone's like, expect, everyone is like, I don't know. It's like you kind of like you try it, and you all have this mutual agreement that it's good. Right. right? Well, because like you have to. Like you have great. to be able to justify like standing in the line. Yeah. You're so like, you're well, this was great. Perception is altered. Line. I stood in line. It is good. It was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, so there's a psychology behind it. I think so. Yeah. Agreed. But I love you if you do it. I love you if you don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that personally, I'm not crazy about the idea of breweries doing it at all i feel like what you said earlier with ipswich like there's probably a better way to just distribute it and make sure that it it still has that exclusivity factor but that you're not like like putting people in a position where they're having to like skip work or like miss commitments because they're like standing in line yeah. in the yeah. middle of the night I, I, anyway again i i i love it and i hate it <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a r- really like i don't have an opinion either way do what you want as long as you're happy so I wanted to ask this one question because we ask it to our people that we interview. Um, what is your first memory of beer? Oh, man. My first memory of beer is my dad drinking beer. Yep. My dad by no means. And like, I don't want you to be like, my dad. All I remember is my dad drinking beer. <laughs> um, is that my dad would always like say, I drink good beer. And like, I I truthfully didn't understand what he meant by like he drinks good beer until did I got older. Did he drink older. craft beer when you were a he kid? He did. So he loved oh. Anchor Steam like mm-hmm. growing up and I remember like vivid memories of him either drinking Sam's or Anchor Steam. That's um, cool. Yeah, and I remember him always having a a bottled beer but never having a domestic. Yeah. And we're going to find out a little bit later why beer's called domestic. Just a little sneak preview. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get to that. Um, my first memory of beer was my parents drinking, like, Corona at the dinner table. Mm. And they would always let me have a sip. So my dad, when I was a kid, he drank Heineken. He drank Corona. He drank a lot of, like, the big name, you know, mm-hmm. mass-produced labels. Um, there was really never any craft beer in my house that I remember. And then my parents, as I got older, just kind of like phased out of it. Like they were just never really like big drinkers in general, mm. but they would have Corona and lime um, pretty that's often funny. like at the dinner table. So I guess that's like my my PG, like, oh, my dad, blah, blah, blah. Um, my first like your first experience experience, with beer? I guess, memory of beer was. Yeah, like in, in high school, I remember we, I went to a concert and. My friend's older brother bought us a, a, a 30 rack of, of <laughs> Natty Light. Ice. No, oh. Natty. We had like Natty Daddies. That's classic. And uh, I can't remember what the concert. I think it was Blink-182. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm pretty That's certain amazing. it was Blink-182. And it was actually my first ex- like, in like drinking beer Crazy experience. intoxicated scenario was with Caleb of Saintly Cider. <laughs> so like it, this is kind of all t- it, 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 it all ties in together. And yeah, like I don't <laughs> I don't remember i there's like a picture of me with a sideways baseball cap and i don't wear sideways baseball caps but you do to a blank 182 i guess i did no doubt yeah so my first memory of me drinking beer was probably pretty similar i think i was uh sorry mom having a house party because my parents were out of town i was probably like 15 and i asked someone to like buy us beer so they bought us a 30 rack it of, must have been your cousin like bud light it wasn't i really? don't even think i don't he was not old enough at the time oh yeah so it was like somebody probably sketchy that one of my friends like you know was a friend of, of a friend of, of a course. friend yep. and um yeah he, we got some bud light and um 
yeah sorry mom and dad <laughs> but yeah it was a good it was a good house party no it was like actually not as well okay yeah it was pretty wild yeah but, but i i remember going to college and like my friends were all like let's let's get fucked up and like we drank like milwaukee's best and we drank like <laughs> king cobra 40s Ew. and i never wanted to drink them so we, i would say i would give somebody like I would literally have like twenty bucks that I think like my parents probably gave Aww. me. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, I like because I didn't work my freshman or I did I? I worked like half my freshman year. Yeah. And like I, I went to res all, all the beer I drank was either, <laughs> all the alcohol I drank my freshman year of college was either, gin like really cheap gin or resin by Six Point, which I still love today. Crazy. I hardly ever drank beer when I was in the dorms. I feel like we always wanted to get like a bang for our buck, so we would get like liquor. And of course, the, yeah, yeah. The classic thing was like Rubinoff, and yeah. I was never really into that, but I liked rum a lot. So yeah. I would get, um, I would make this drink called the Caribou Lou, which is a song by Tech Nine, I believe, uh, and it's one fifty one rum, pineapple juice, and Malibu. Disgusting, oh my Lord. but it's actually like it's actually not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, I I wasn't a big beer drinker in college until I moved out, got my own place, turned twenty one. Then I was like, oh, craft beer, yeah. and I was like, I started getting into it, not for the sake of like getting drunk, but just experiencing like new flavor mm. profiles and really like getting into the styles and being 21 you're actually able to go into the liquor store and like talk to people and sample things sometimes there would be like you know different yeah. traveling craft breweries that would come around and give you samples so then i started realizing like oh there's a really an art to this so i i appreciate that my relationship with beer has evolved over time yeah and i think uh i think like my introduction to craft beer i can just say like my dad what so was the like first craft beer you ever tried do you remember no no because I, I mean i think i was like I remember I brewed beer with my dad at like a really, really young age, and I suck at brewing beer. My dad's really good at it, but I suck at brewing beer. I think my first craft beer that I ever had was um, Sierra Nevada. I was like 19 and visiting, or maybe I was younger than that. I might have been like 17, and I was visiting friends at UMass Amherst, and they let me try the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is interesting and I didn't like it too much at first but I was like this is different like this is not what I've been trying this is not corona this is not Bud Light so I guess my next question is what are some off-limits topics on a podcast like what are some things that you and I don't talk about that's what something that somebody asked us in the dms uh we do not review beers well I do not review beers we give like live reactions to beers but we'll never like I'm never going to give a quantifiable. A yeah, I mean, and if we say like, "Oh, this gets like one star," like we're we're not like being serious about that. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to like put a stake in the ground and be like based on our very professional and, <laughs> you know, professional. Yeah. Uh, I I the way I look at it is, is how many times have you been told this restaurant's amazing and the restaurant has turned out to suck or vice versa. So I would hate Well, I read Yelp reviews and then I go to the place yeah. and I'm like this, this was, was not this did not meet my expectations. So tastes are completely preferential. Or sometimes you opinion. go on Yelp, not to interrupt, but like two star places on Yelp, you go anyway because you're like, damn, I just need like a quick taco. And then it's delicious. Yeah. So again, taste is preferential in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if somebody says a beer is really good. We'll try it. I am more likely no to say, yeah, I'll try it. Uh, obviously, if someone said that beer sucked. But for me to say I loved a beer and then someone spent eight nine dollars on it ten twenty dollars whatever i would hate and they hated it yeah so it's not my place so for me. we just don't like to be like objective yep. on the podcast i think in general and maybe i don't know of any other like off-limits topics because i feel like we talk a lot about i mean we we just talked about our experiences with underage drinking not like yeah it's not something we condone um, ever but like we're not afraid to talk about you know our experiences with beer or like getting drunk mm. and things like that so i don't know i i would i'd venture to say like off like what else is off limits i mean yeah there's there's not anything that's off i guess if it's not limits it's, it's just not that about it's like brewed it's, beverages i guess yeah, like if, if it's it, not appropriate like i never really want to make anyone feel awkward or crude i don't want to be crude 
Yeah, I think Matt and Matt and I like to keep it pretty clean, and we also like to keep it pretty on topic. Right, like we so drop a couple f bombs like from there, but like it's yeah, it's it is part of our we're normal not like conversation. a dirty podcast. I yeah. feel like we're yeah. we don't like to make like really crass jokes yeah. and stuff because we like to keep it kind of just about the topic. Yeah, and like and to go back to like us, and I I hate that we're kind of talking about us, but it's like we both work in very professional environments. Yeah, um, you know. it's who you're listening to every week and like the people like i like to think that you get to know us um we're the same people like off air yeah right like i'm gonna be goofy and i'm gonna say weird shit but like i'm a genuine person yeah. i don't know like you're, i'm not no, trying to sell like myself nice right dude. right you know yeah. yeah and i think maybe maybe some other off-limit stuff is like we just don't like to generally bash like right other like, breweries or like places where we've had bad experiences like we'll, hmm. we at least try to like give people a chance and say like hey this wasn't for me instead of saying this beer was right. shit you and know? you know I, I i'll be honest with you like we haven't had a bad experience at a brewery mm, and yeah, I, I think none that i can think of and and could it be that they're laying down the red carpet for us because <laughs> we're interviewing them and they're putting on their like you're going to a job interview you put on your 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 best you know your best suit your best dress whatever yeah um so maybe that's the case but we've never had a bad experience yeah all right another question have you ever brewed your own beer i have i'm terrible i suck i have never because i feel like i just don't have the facilities to do so i'm just not patient enough yeah all right your my next question what is your favorite food and beer pairing a pizza and beer pizza and beer beer? yeah yeah all right for me it's like korean barbecue with light beer so like a light lager Mm -hmm. like a sapporo yeah yes like <laughs> korean any kind of Even korean barbecue Japanese, yeah. yeah no so you can get sapporo at korean places no, yeah, delicious yeah. so yeah i think sapporo and korean barbecue um what is your go-to recommendation for a non-beer drinker like if you had to actually pick one particular brewery and mm. a style well so now where pilsners and light lagers and those types of beers are more accessible and more breweries are doing that it's really, really cool. Those are probably the most accessible and easy drinking beers. Mm-hmm. That being said, I often suggest a wheat beer mm. or um, a session IPA. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yep. A session because it's not it's not super high mm-hmm. alcohol content. It's usually on the lighter side. I like that. My go-to lately has been the Springdale Pearly Wit great beer that's a great beer and it's got beautiful packaging it's like just kind of a nice experience i was at a party recently and my boyfriend's mom approached me i mean oh my gosh not my boyfriend's mom my boyfriend's aunt and she was like i'm not much of like a beer person but what would you recommend and i i had pearly wit like Mm -hmm. under like hidden away because it was like my craft stash and i was like oh yeah try this and i handed her a couple of them and she came back and was like this was actually really good yeah so the pearly wit um Next question. Are Emily and Matt dating? Are we dating, Matt? I don't know. Are we dating? No. Me and, me and Matt are, are not, not dating. dating. No. Uh, we definitely get that question a fair amount uh, because what? Because we're a boy and a girl. Guys, get out of your heteronormative. Yeah. It, like, you know what's funny? It's like um, most often we get that question from our interviewees. Yeah. Right? And it's at the end. It's like, oh, you guys have a lot of good chemistry. I'm like, we've been friends for like... Since... It's like you were a freshman in high school. Like, like 13 uh, years. Yeah, ago. so a, a quite a bit of time. So, no, we are not dating. Okay. What is the next one? So, what are what are your favorite aspects of the craft beer industry and some of your least favorite aspects of the craft beer industry? Uh, the people is my favorite aspect of mm-hmm. the craft beer industry. Because uh, you can go to any brewery um, and... Most often, I don't even say I run a podcast because I'm not that type of dude that's like, I run a podcast. Um, I just love to go in and talk to people and get to know them, hear their stories. Uh, so the people, because they're all intertwined and they are all really, really stand-up people. What's your least favorite aspect? Um, crowds at breweries. <laughs> crowds, crowds at breweries, breweries. yes. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Crowds at breweries because I enjoy food trucks and i enjoy beer and but you I don't enjoy lines and i don't enjoy lines and Nobody i don't enjoy does. lines anywhere like if i was yeah. to go to disney world like i don't want to wait in line we're not cigarette smokers so i think like we literally stand there we're so antsy because mm. like we can talk and stuff but you just you start getting like oh my god when is this gonna like when are we gonna finally yeah. get served 
Um, okay, so my favorite aspect of the craft beer industry is kind of what we heard a couple of weeks ago, the fact that craft breweries talk to each other and they help each other. Yeah. That is absolutely unique. Like, in general, we live in a capitalist society and it's like every man for themselves, dog eat dog. But when it comes to craft brewing, there is something very unique about the industry where craft brewers really help each other out. They share ideas, they share equipment, they share recipes, and they don't they don't like bash one another or try to outcompete one another. So that is my favorite aspect of it because it's absolutely unique. Well competition breeds really good beer. Yeah, I think so. And my least favorite aspect of craft beer and this probably is just one of those like catch 22 things but it's it's the lack of scalability in the industry where like one craft brewery could make a beer that is absolutely amazing but it'll never be accessible to every single person who would want to try it and so beer trades kind of help alleviate that problem but it's something that like the craft brewing industry would not be what it is if it were scalable Mm. You know, and you can scale up to a certain level, but then once you hit, you know, six million yeah. barrels a year, you're now a mass produced. You're not craft brew mm-hmm. anymore. So that's kind of something that can't be helped. But I think that it sucks when I find out about like those breweries in Texas. And I really want to try their stuff, but like I can't access it. Yeah, and it is kind of it is kind of shitty that. I guess the thing I <laughs> I guess to build upon that point is accessibility of beer like right right, like yeah i get what you're saying i wish there was a way to legally ship beer and the breweries got a direct cut of it yeah i mean but it's too expensive expensive. especially to do like one offer it's just too expensive to scale and to get your product out there and it would just create this this notion of scarcity that like the lines would get longer outside of liquor stores if you know, funnel cake ale was mm. available everywhere, but only like four cans <laughs> per liquor store. Thanks you know to our I mean? friend Jelly's drink, we're gonna be yeah, getting some soon. Thank you, Jelly's. Oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I thought you were saying because we got it in the past. No, we're yeah, getting we're getting more. Yeah, O-M-G. we're gonna get more. Yeah, yeah. Snickerdoodles coming soon too. Omg, yeah, Jelly, you so the best. good. Thank you, Jelly. So, what is your favorite domestic or mass market beer? What's your? Oh uh, you man, I think on every episode I mentioned either PBR. Or Narragansett. Narragansett. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. What is my I guess Narragansett's not really. It's domestic, but not really. I think I'm going to go with Corona Light. <laughs> yeah. Really <laughs> just don't like can't Corona. go wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, like, they're good. They're for just me. like For me, it's just like water. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like it. I like it with the lime. I think it's classic. I think you can do a lot with it, too. You can make it into cocktails because it just has this kind of flat flavor. But I think it goes nicely with a lot of different types of meals, especially yeah. with like Mexican food or anything with like spiciness and strong flavors. A Corona is just like my go-to. Yeah. So the last question I have that is about us mm-hmm. is how did Brew Roots get started? All right. So Brew Roots was started three years ago out of all of us graduating college and not continue. So myself, Ali Bull and Eric Burns had a podcast called the three tap oh i remember making you guys a logo yes prior to um prior to brewers and we did wrestling and beer so we'd talk about like wrestling and beer and we got like two listeners truthfully we, we got like two listeners and in the span of a year we were like we can't we're not doing this anymore and uh eric moved to Florida and Allie and I started Brewroots. Um, Allie is now getting engaged and finishing up grad school. I love you, Allie. You're the best. Um, and we started Brewroots. And Brewroots, we drop the wrestling. And we just tell the stories behind your favorite craft beer. Yeah. And Emily is here. So that's a that's the history of Brewroots right there. Yeah. It's very, 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 uh, very, very, you know, cool. I That's really, good. my favorite part of the three tap was you guys actually had like pretty good posts on social media. You would put nice photos of the beer that you were trying and I liked that. Yeah, we would. I wish I was, uh, I wish, I think like if someone was to say like, what is the hardest part of 
doing brutes social media it's so it's like social media like recording this podcast is easy like well we love it we love it we, we get to drink good beer that's either sent to us or donated or even if we buy it like we're so appreciative of just like being able to do it every week um and see the thing the thing growing but like it takes like social a, media you know, is arduous a 40 yeah. minute episode like we are crossing 40 minutes right now probably takes us like three to four hours worth of preparation yeah but it's fun i I like the research yeah but definitely the social media is pretty time consuming um okay so moving on to questions about beer right so one big question that we have gotten a few times is why do we call beers domestics yeah like what the hell does domestic very very curious about that so Basically, the meaning of domestic originally was like exactly what you would think. If a beer is brewed or if it's sold in the same country where it's brewed, it's considered a domestic. But with the evolution of the craft beer industry, this definition has changed because like if that were the case, okay, Harpoon is a domestic. Right. You know, Jack's Abbey is a domestic. But what it really means now is a macro brew. So something that is non craft beer, they produce more than 6 million gallons a year and it's also brewed within the country. So it would be a misnomer. Like somebody asked, like, why do we call Heineken a domestic? We actually don't. Heineken is an import. So that was the beer narrator at beer narrator on Instagram. Thank you for that question. Yeah, that was a great question. So commercial beer falls into these like three main categories and domestic is a pretty loose definition Um, But it's craft, domestic, and imported. So domestic means, you know, like I said, it's just mass-produced beer that's brewed within the confines of the country where it is sold. Cool. And for craft and import, the definition is pretty well bound. So craft beer means 25% of the company or less is owned by a non-craft beer entity, right? So it's, you're not like 30% owned by Miller Coors, Mm -hmm. basically. And you produce less than 6 million barrels a year, and your recipes follow a traditional fermentation method, a.k.a. you're not taking shortcuts. Interesting. Yeah, because obviously you need to take a few shortcuts when you're producing as much as, like, Miller Coors, right? But craft breweries really are, like, doing it the traditional way. They're producing small batches, and they're independently owned. So... That is the definition of a domestic. Hopefully that helps clear things up. Yeah. So this next question was submitted by at DG is me 93. Thank you. DG is me 93. Um, and he would like to know what is the difference between wet hop and dry hopping? Mm, in the, uh, the It's actually, I, I didn't know either. So I had to ask somebody uh, in the beer industry and Sean Jansen. So I appreciate you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. So when you wet hop, it only happens once a year, and those are when the hops are, are freshly picked, um, and they have to be in the brew kettle within 24 to 36 hours. Of being harvested? Yep. Cool. Um, so that wet literally means it's just got water correct. in it. It's not dried. Um, there are different tastes. Uh, usually, it's more earthy of mm-hmm. flavor, um, but the bitterness isn't typically affected. It's all the hops picked and then thrown into a kettle. That's so cool. I never would have thought that. Yeah, no, I I did too. I thought there would be a different flavor. Yeah. So as a a whole, dry hopping, so hops are boiled and are bittering. Hops near the end of the whirlpool are for the aroma. So it's basically, they're just dry hops. So they're dried, cured. Yep. So if you think of, think of dogfish head, there's 60, 90, and 120 minute, right? Mm -hmm. So a 60 minute boil, 90 minute boil, 120 minute boil. Most everyone boils for 60 minutes, but basically dog, Dogfish uses a metal football for a continuous hopping during the boil to shake the hops around. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so, like, but also think like a traditional IPA versus a double versus a triple. The malt increases the hops do, but uh, 90 minutes was less typical than 60 minutes, which was a hop thrashing, and 20 minutes was sort of like mead. Okay. So, 60 minutes, you're going to get a ton of hops. 120 is going to be s- sort of like a mead. And that's for wet hopping. That helps a lot. I actually yep. had no idea what the difference would be. Like, dry hopping to me ma- was like, okay, you dry the hops. But wet hopping, I was like, oh, do you just put them in water? Like, mm-hmm. what? what is that? So that's cool. I learned something today. Yep. So the wet hop, I just want to let you know, the wet hop um, flavor is pretty limited. Uh, you get like earthy, like we said earlier, and dry hop. It can depend on the hops. Right. But um, that's where you get all the citrus flavors. That's cool. Yeah. 
So another question that we got was the difference between filtered and unfiltered beers. Now, yeah, pretty no obviously, like the difference being, you know, one is filtered, one is not. But like, why would we choose not to filter something? And what are some of the characteristics of a filtered beer versus an unfiltered beer? So I did a little bit of research for you. I can't remember which follower asked us this, but I think we've gotten it more than once like i think it was once as a comment and the other mm. was just like in conversation Quick. on a dm so pretty much all domestics are filtered beers because filtration is a very lengthy and expensive process you know you need special equipment to do so you need extra time but the reason why you might filter a beer is because it gives your product a very uniform look in the packaging and it gives a different mouthfeel so we filter beer for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, being that uniform look. Like when you look at Corona, no beer is like slightly lighter or darker. It gives it like this nice bright look. Mm. Everything looks very much the same. It doesn't look like sketchy, right? And it also stabilizes the beer because when you're filtering it, you're getting out all of the excess lactic acid bacteria, the excess yeast, and that actually gives more stability to the beer, right? So it's not going to grow anything extra. And also it makes the foam very consistent. So when you're pouring it, every foam looks the same. It's the same color. It's the same amount of foam. It's stable. Interesting. And the last reason being that it actually extends the shelf life because you have less bacteria and yeast in there. Yep. So why would you choose to do an unfiltered beer in that case? Flavor, I would guess, right? So there's a few reasons. So craft brewers are typically the ones who are doing unfiltered beer. Mm -hmm. Not only because choosing to have your beer unfiltered is much less expensive mm -hmm. because you don't need like a centrifuge or a filtration system, um, but there are a number of benefits to an unfiltered product. So besides it being less expensive, unfiltered beers and ciders have a very pleasing mouthfeel. Mm. mouthfeel. So think of like whipped beers, Hefeweizen, and like different types of sours. Like... They're going to have that really intense, complex flavor, but the mouthfeel is like nice and soft. Mm. And that really helps with the whole experience. And often when you choose to filter a beer, you lose a lot of flavor complexity and flavor in general. So Agreed. it makes sense for domestics to filter their beer because not only do they want all of their product to taste the same across the board, but they're going for a certain type of flavor profile. They're not looking to make their beer especially complex. But the craft brewers often are trying to give you a different experience. And so an unfiltered beer is going to have a more complex flavor profile. It's going to taste much juicier and soft. It's going to linger more in your mouth. And it's especially nice to have an unfiltered beer when it's heavily hopped and when it's on the bitter side because that soft mouthfeel and the kind of juicy flavor is going to help balance out that bitterness. So it also has like some good bacteria in there. It just creates a nice balanced uh, flavor profile and mouthfeel. Cool. Much less expensive. So but hopefully that helps people understand like why something might be unfiltered. It's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Well, that was... Uh that was a cool episode. Very enlightening, yeah. right? Wait, I have one more. You have one more. One Wait, more. There's more. So we got another question in our DMs. Someone was wondering, what makes a black IPA different from a porter? I think it was because you posted an image of you drinking a black IPA. And so we got this question in our DMs. Ooh, that, that was probably Sylvaticus. Maybe. That would be my guess. And so Probably not, actually. No, probably not. So with this Definitely. question also comes like, okay what makes a black IPA different from a porter and what makes a porter different from a stout? So, I mean, these three beers, if you lined the three of them up next to each other, they literally look yep. the same. So why are they different? So a black IPA is made using roasted malt, which is what would typically characterize a porter or Yum. a stout, right? But the addition of the hops to add the bitterness and to add that kind of IPA flavor to it is what makes it a black IPA. And I feel like I've heard this quote before of like, choose a beer not a style mm. so it's like these styles have kind of they're still slightly loose definitions so you can call something a black ipa and somebody else might try and be like well this is just a heavily hopped porter you know yeah and if you want to know the difference between a porter versus a stout we have a full episode about this so it's called mo money mo beer 
and we go through the history of the two different styles and the distinction between them. Oh, yeah. Just be careful. There's one section I still haven't edited, and I always get messages that it, like, scares the shit out of them. Oh, because Matt talks super loud no, at one point? No, there's, like, there's, there's a money portion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you start that episode, start it with the volume. Really yeah, start low. it with the volume. Low. Yeah, because it's, it's like really super loud. We did a really like funny intro. We were trying to be hilarious and then we ended up like blowing people's eardrums out. Yeah. But was. if you want to learn the full reason why porters and stouts are considered different styles, you can listen to Mo Money Mo Beer and it will give you all that information. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool episode. Yeah, this was fun. I, I hated talking to about like myself, but. You no. put me outside of my comfort level. Well, I like get it. ready because we're going to do that tonight. Too. We are. So I, I feel like this was a long time coming because we get a lot of questions in the DMs and I really wanted to just aggregate them all together and give you guys like a little bit more background about me and Matt and why we do what we do and just kind of our relationship with beer and yeah. craft beer. Yeah. So where can we be found on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Brew Roots. You can email us info at brewroots.com if you have additional questions. We are happy to answer them on the next episode. And hopefully you guys will catch us at the next beer event and check out some of our new social posts because we're sinking even more time into social oh yeah yeah so next week's episode will be essex county brewing company and they are going to be the first interview that we are doing that the beer is a not available to the market yet yep and b their brewery is not open yet yeah and we were lucky enough a couple weeks ago no wait we have done one interview where the brewery wasn't open yet right but i'm saying both but both Both. yes mighty squirrel was not open Mm -hmm. um which they're going to be opening up pretty soon. I'm so stoked so to go pumped. to there. So pumped. Go on their Instagram and check it out because they're posting like pictures of the progress. <laughs> You're yeah. rocking the Mighty Squirrel I'm today. rocking my Mighty Squirrel sweatshirt today. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So thank you so much for listening. We apologize that this is a little bit of a longer one. but Well, one of the questions we actually got was, why are your episodes so short? I was like, I don't really have an answer for that. I just, we wouldn't want to like talk your ear off unnecessarily. Didn't, you, like, didn't your teachers ever say like short and sweet to the point? Yeah. Yeah like to keep it short and sweet that's the answer yeah, this isn't love making so no apologies <laughs> for why this is long <laughs> and uh until next week guys cheers cheers